Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. finally reached that point and that is the all-star break here in the association so that means here on the phly sixes podcast we have a lot to talk about from the first half of the season some rumors things going forward all kinds of crap that we're we also throw learned in how to spell five Look at these letters in front of we us got now. new block oh letters here on the table you were waiting for it. You wanted to see it, so we got it for you here was on the anybody PHLY waiting for it? podcast. Somebody was. <laughs> we we didn't know we were. We didn't know we needed it, but we got it. And welcome to the PHLY Sixers podcast. First show post first half of the season alongside my partners, Derek Bodner, Kyle Newbeck, Brianna producing. I'm Devon Givens. We have all of you with you uh, with us here as always, and we appreciate it as we run for the next five days. 2.30. We get the next five, next couple of days, 2.30. A lot of, lot of daytime hangouts, yeah. guys. So we like our guy Dan Murphy the other day, move your meetings aside. You got to plan ahead a little bit. It's not post-game show territory, but we'll all get through it together. I promise. We'll get there. So we have a lot to get to. And one of the things, if you've seen, of course, our graphic to start the show, there was a report that came out about one man and one man that's been linked to the Sixes before, and it didn't happen then. <laughs> is it going to happen now he when he's 40 years old? Right, now? right? Yeah. Is he visiting any schools in Lower Marion or something like that? Oh, those rumors uh, <laughs> last time were so hilarious, man. Uh, and that is one LeBron James. There was an ESPN report about Daryl Morey calling the Lakers, just inquiring about LeBron James and what it would take to acquire the uh, future Hall of Famer. And then we saw Devin Booker, Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, those names attached to the Sixers as well. And we wanted to start there because... How often do we get this opportunity to talk about LeBron James? Every year? Yeah, pretty much. Every year. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, he's lived the Every second year. half of his career going on one plus one deals. So, yeah, we get to talk about him a Every lot. year. Every even season. when there's almost no chance he's going to change teams, even when there's almost no chance he would pick Philly, even when we have a Burnergate scandal in the middle of all that to kind of distract this, we end up talking about LeBron James. Um, yeah. Look, He's an all-consuming so force. <laughs> I, I guess there's two reasons we're talking about this, right? One, because he could be a free agent in the summer, and mm-hmm. two, because there's a report that Daryl Morey 
inquired about him, uh, and then Palinka immediately said, "Well, how about how about how about you how trust Joel Embiid? Joel Embiid, yeah." Which is the honestly the the right response to that. Sure, yeah. uh, I have no ill will towards that. That's how he should respond. Look, I don't begrudge Daryl for asking. He there was. Also Do you want to start from the beginning, and I'll, I'll lay out the report. Yeah. Right, uh, yeah, so, at ESPN, for anybody who happened to miss this, which seems impossible in the last couple of days, but maybe you did. Woj and Ramona Shelburne. The headline of the story was that the Warriors made a play for LeBron and that those conversations happened at the ownership level, that Draymond Green had gone to Joe Lacob, who then called Jeannie Buss and was like, hey, LeBron's tweeting hourglass emojis. What's going on here? There's weird shit happening. Is there a pathway to a deal? Allegedly, Jeannie Buss talked to Rich Paul and LeBron. It was conveyed to... Her and thus the Warriors that LeBron was not interested. But in the midst of all this, Daryl Morey, <laughs> as you know, seems typical for him, sees the hourglass emoji tweet. Hears it's just, about it's some just of wild these. that like GMs are responding to cryptic Instagram or tweets <laughs> like we do. It's just wild. He hears maybe some of the the smoke coming out of LA. Certainly LeBron was not really hiding his emotions going into the trade deadline. There was some grumpy old man answers for lack yeah. of a better word and media availability. And so Daryl calls Rob Polenka, who as Derek then just laid out said, if you want to trade us Joel Embiid, maybe there's something to talk about here. And apparently that was the end of the discussion. So if you're asking me, the headline really here is that LeBron and his people are through backdoor channels, admittedly, are trying to set the stage for, hey, we might leave this summer or something might happen this summer because Draymond Green didn't just wake up one day with the same agent as LeBron James and like, hey, we should go trade for that guy. That like, I, I very much think this is people, talk to some people, talk to some other people who then relayed to the power players in LA and Golden State that something could possibly happen if you grease the wheels and have those conversations. So I would say that I would have bet LeBron would finish his career in LA. I still probably think he will, but I think there's a stronger possibility that he leaves this off season than I would have like a month ago. Yeah. So I, I think a couple, a couple things first, I think you're probably right in that it's, I still think he stays. I think if there is maybe a primary reason this is coming out, it is a little bit of pressure to put on the Lakers. Are they still sitting on two tradable first-round picks? They didn't trade any, right? No, they didn't move any. Yeah, so I think it's probably some pressure to try to improve the team, you know, sort of like a la Giannis in the offseason, just at a much lesser scale because they don't have the assets to get the team. But some pressure to improve the team with a little bit of, yeah, maybe this is a small possibility. It might be 5%, might be 10%. Who knows what that actual percentage is? LeBron probably doesn't even know that actual percentage. But I do think... Your overall conclusion that um, it is still more likely that he stays is true, but also that there is some percentage chance that he could move. Would that actually be to Philly? I don't know. But I also saw a lot of debate with Daryl or about Daryl Morey and whether or not it is ridiculous of him to be calling for not only LeBron James but also Kevin Durant. Yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't mind that he does it, but it's also ridiculous that he does do it. Like it is a. I saw some people, including Daniel Olinger, who's I think a great writer currently writes for the right to Rick, rights to Ricky Sanchez, 
But he brought up like, hey, it worked for him once with Harden. Well, that was a guy who was a six man. Slightly on, different. On a, on a team who couldn't keep all of their talent around. You know, they had four high priced rookies coming in and didn't really want to pay that kind of luxury tax bill. That's different than LeBron James. There's one that has a high probability or at least a decently high prob, a high enough probability to pursue it. And that was with Harden. And there's one who like the Lakers aren't trading LeBron James. It's not, just not happening. So I do think Daryl was probably wasting everyone's time a little bit by inquiring, but I would rather have him waste some people's time than not explore it. No fault all around. And also, it's yeah. something that takes, what, 30 seconds? Yeah. It's and just like... You know, if you make that call, you have a, you run the risk of a snarky response back. He got that. Everyone moves on with their day. Yeah, and that's why it's not happening. And even with the Bronny piece from him leaving USC, maybe uh, after his first year, which he's not, and by all accounts, it doesn't seem like he's ready for that at this stage of his basketball career. That's not going to happen. But it, it's cool to hear it again. It's cool to see it again. And Daryl Morey doing his job, just calling and... Asking for a player that he knows is not available. What, what if there is something that Rob Palenka just having one of those days and it happens and he gets it done? But but you guys are right. Of course, it's them planting their seeds. They're not happy. He's tweeting hourglasses. But guess what, man? Nobody else. It's very few people in yeah. the world who have the power to, to with one emoji, one emoji just completely screw they up. They do it right now. They're coming out an hourglass the crazy and part if anybody about, gives a shit. The crazy part about the whole Nobody thing is would give a shit. he keeps doing this, but he's the one who keeps having his imprint and his fingerprints all over what that roster looks like. He's the one that asked for Anthony Davis. He's the one that asked for um, Kyrie Irving maybe, and it did not happen. And he continues to ask for all of these players and it doesn't, it just doesn't happen. And by the way, how am I, how am I as a player? The Russell Westbrook piece. Russell yeah, Westbrook, he was who, involved in that who process. flat out just won't even dap him up at all when they play against the Clippers. <laughs> Cause he's like, no, nah, you're a snake. And he keeps doing this. And, and look, we know he's, one of the greatest players of all time. You could argue where he belongs in the lore of history, whether he's number one, two, three, four, or five, wherever you have him. The, the crazy part of this is he keeps doing this, and he does it every year. He has the most power in the NBA, to your point, one emoji to get all of this stuff kick-started and have Draymond Green asking Joe Lacob to go ahead and check and Mike Dunleavy Jr. to go ahead and check on the availability of LeBron James because of an, an emoji you keep asking for these guys, man. <laughs> Even going back to, to Cleveland when he would get ticked off with the roster look like, and he goes, I need this player, I need that player. Well, the Lakers used to have this when he got here. Josh Hart, Brandon Ingram, yeah. uh, Lonzo Ball. He had Kyle Kuzma for whatever it was. He had, who else did he, who, who else did he have there at, at that time where uh, Brandon Ingram and those guys got traded for Anthony Davis? He also had some other players that have gone on to do other things in the NBA at, at an all-star level. You had those guys, dude. Those are the people that you would probably trade for right now, some of them, to come back to, to Los Angeles. So come on, man. At this point, stop with all that. And, and he's not even the same player anymore to be demanding all of this stuff that he's demanding uh, for what the Los Angeles Lakers are, are, are going to want to do. So come on, man. Stop. And I, uh, I, did I, I sent out some LeBron... Uh, Oh, I won't say hating over there from I res- Devon. I'll, but- I'll say it. I respect LeBron for who he is. It's, and I, I love going to the arena and watching greatness. So whenever he's there, I'm watching. I'm going because I recognize what it was and what he is still even at this age. I get all of that. But at some point, even at the Liam age Liam in the chat points out Caruso was also Caruso in was LA. Also now that one, part. I don't think that was a LeBron. Right. Yeah. Like, oh, get him out of here for somebody else. That was yeah. the... The ownership being cheap. Yeah. yeah. So he got more money with Chicago. But no, there were a lot of lot of players on that roster. 
and I respect LeBron James. I respect the greatness. He's not on my hate level. I, like, I'll give you one. I don't even know if you guys know this. I hate Kevin Garnett. Oh, really? we've had this conversation. Because right, I, I feel this. like I'm on... I'm not on quite the opposite side, but I'm, I'm pretty more far of a, on the opposite side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. a pretty big, or I was a pretty big. But I, but guy. I know who he is. I respect who he is, and I understand what his place is in history and and all of that. I don't hate LeBron James. It's just when you're at this point and you're He's 38 a, years old yeah. and you're still trying to. Come on, man. I mean, stop. So I, I sent out my hourglass tweet. Uh, if you guys maybe want to respond with some eye emojis or something, are I you don't trying know. to get traded know. to a different I'm, media I'm just, company? I'm or just sending out some. Uh, <laughs> You know, speculation, maybe. Who knows? We'll see. Randy, stop. Perk says, quote, the stars coming to the offseason to the Lakers. Stop it. <laughs> you just said Perk said it. Stop, yeah. Randy. Thank you. I'm sorry, Derek. Go ahead. Perk. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Come on, man. That's another one. All right, move on. Go ahead. My um, name that is in that conversation, <laughs> Devon, is I won't speak ill of someone who is no longer with us in the world. So okay. we'll I put it you. that way. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know yeah, that. Okay, and I know exactly conversation for another day. Was yeah, it? yeah. Um, <laughs> completely off track now. I have no idea where I was going to go. Had to get that out. So, like, if, if he would like sign with the, and this is one thing we've said a lot. Like, I give Joel Embiid a lot of credit for not having complete control over, um, you know, player personnel. Essentially, like LeBron has had stars, players in general have historically not made good GMs at all. When you start catering to them, bad things happen, and we don't want. You know, I like I said, I give Joel Embiid a lot of credit for not exerting all the power that he has. But he again, did send another passive aggressive tweet at the oh, trade no, he deadline. Does, but so. he doesn't. He doesn't then but extend yes. that to get my guy. He doesn't get turn rid of the screws yeah, behind yeah, yeah. the scenes yeah. and do no, all that. No, yeah. a little passive. Look, I I just sent out a passive aggressive tweet too, so I can't condemn him for that. And now it's, you have every now and then it's fun, man. You know? See what you, you just got to do it. You just got to do it. If they could, and again, I think this is mostly nonsense. I don't think he's, I think most likely he's staying in LA. And if he does, I don't necessarily see Philly. I think it's too, it might be too much of Joel Embiid's team to lure LeBron James to it. That being said, if you could sign him, are you enough of a hater where you'd be like, nah, I'm out? No, no. Cause even, even when he was still LeBron James, LeBron James, I'm like, yeah, you go do it. How, how do you not? I always thought it was interesting. There was a very loud, I don't know if it was a large contingent, but there was a very loud contingent. When this happened previously, before he went to the Lakers. When they were looking for the high school. There were a here. lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> He was said, oh, he's at St. Joe's Prep <laughs> or uh, wherever. Right. It is. Right. Germantown Academy, wherever it is. Yeah. Um, there was a large contingent of people who were like, no way. I want the Sixers to win it the right way <laughs> with the DeVault guys. It's like, bro, fuck that. Are you no win by, <laughs> right. uh, by any means necessary. Right. Like. The only people that really matters for, like, I will say the one guy in history who I actually think genuinely will suffer because of how he won his titles is Kevin Durant. Yes. yes. I don't think Kevin Durant, unless he as the guy, which you could argue, depending on the night, it's Booker's the guy in Phoenix. And yeah. they, that's kind of a 1A, 1B situation. But I think because of the exact team at that exact moment that he joined, he is never going to get the love and admiration that I think it's pretty clear that he wants. And I think that's impacted him ever since, too. I, yeah, I mean, he was already, I don't want to call him sensitive because that, that feels like, I get it. He's really prideful, cares about his craft, all that. And he looked at it as, well, other guys have left in free agency and gone, made super teams and all that. And he didn't understand that that was viewed as yeah. different than a lot of these other guys. So just making the point that, I don't give a shit on the outside. Like people like us, fans, whatever. 
take those titles if you can get them. Take one title if you can get it. Because as we saw happen with the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid Sixers, the com- one big component of that, which, you know, we don't have to relitigate Ben, completely fell apart and building through the the, the, the right the way. internal, the right, the the right, right way, way, drafting guys and going all the way with that. It didn't exactly bear fruit, so. And look, everybody says that when it's like a thought experiment, but let's go to the Phillies. Like 2008, homegrown title for the most part. Yep. It was fantastic, and I love that run. Uh, that will ever be a huge moment of my sports fandom. But if like the Phillies had broken through in one of the last two years and won one, it's not largely not a homegrown team. Would people have cared? No, they had a fucking blast watching that team. Would have had a blast at the parade, too. I think we get too caught up in all oh, homegrown Joel's team, blah, blah. Just win. Just also, freaking win. Also, like Bryce Harper played for a direct rival. Right. that, And everyone, I won't say everyone, most people in this city hated him because yep. he's he's the type of guy that when he's on your team, you love him. When he's not, you can't stand him. He comes him. over, wins one, or wears one Philly Fanatic shirt, and everybody loves him. Yeah. Right. All, all that really matters, like, yes, the, the personalities and, and whether they care about, you know, immersing themselves in the community, all that, all that stuff matters to some degree. If you can get a great athlete who makes the team better, gives you a chance to win a title, sign on the dotted line, just go do it. I wonder to your point about the Kevin Durant piece and back to the Joel Embiid staying away from it all. And LeBron James talk in 20, whatever, 17, when he, when he signed with the Lakers, the Damian Lillard piece now, even though he didn't win in Portland and the talk was always, I don't want to go to a super team. I want to do it myself. I want to do it here. If they're going to come here, great. If not, I'll find a way to get it done. Now he's in Milwaukee and they have to get through the Eastern Conference, including the Sixers, to get that potential opportunity for a championship. What would it look like? What would it look like for him if he wins after all of that time in Portland and all that talk about he and doesn't By the way, it leave. looks like he stayed too long in Portland it's, because, yeah. uh, you know, that this is not. We've said it all year. Tyrese Maxey has been basically at Dame Lillard's level, if not better. Yeah. Mid-30s is almost undefeated except against LeBron James. Yeah, so would he get that same criticism should Milwaukee win, right? Should they win? Will he get that same type of criticism for going not a direct rival? No, it's not. But you wind up in Milwaukee, a team that won a championship two years ago. I don't think so, mostly because I don't think Dame is viewed at the Kevin Durant level. Like, I I think that's why the initial reaction to LeBron to Miami was obviously very strong. And if LeBron never wins that title in Cleveland, Mm -hmm. like let's say 2016 goes differently and then they never are, maybe the rest of, they don't sign Kevin Durant if Golden State wins in 2016 and who the hell knows what happens from there. But let's just say LeBron never wins in Cleveland he would be facing a lot of the same stuff that Kevin Durant has. That that lone title with the Cavs where, yes, he had Kyrie, yes, he had Kevin Love, plenty of talent on that team, but he is the guy. That sure. is his franchise. They mm-hmm. went from he leaves, they're irrelevant, he comes back, they're a finals team. That was what I think put LeBron over the top for even people who were big haters of him in the past. And where Kevin Durant is, is everyone could sit here and say, Apex all-time scorer, great, great, great inner circle first ballot Hall of Famer. But the titles that he won, he was part of a team that was already great before he got there. And not only that, they beat him in the playoffs the year before when it was his team. And so that that's the yeah. the thing that he has been fighting that 
I don't know that he's ever going to escape it. You, you asked me what would get me really going. This conversation would get me really going if we really got into it, which we're not today. We just, you know, we're right on the edges. Now, there. wait a minute. This is, I'm going to file this away for right a summer content edges. season. Because this How whole, can we get Devon Watt? This whole up? Kevin Durant leaving Oklahoma City, going to Golden State, and winning the way that he did, and all what we're talking about here for the last five minutes, <laughs> I understand it. But then I don't think people allow themselves to understand the other side of what actually happened when he did leave and go do it. And I get pissed off about it because it makes zero sense. Uh, uh, no, it doesn't make zero sense because, again, I understand. But it, I get livid about that because the guy, yes, he did go and play against the team that knocked them off in the playoffs. I get it. So what? So what? Because you know what he had to do? He had to go win it. And they did. People forget Golden State lost, which is why they went and wanted him to come there. But that's a whole other conversation that I can get going right. and you guys can sit out for that one because I will be sitting here rolling <laughs> on, on that particular conversation. I think you and I would get into a real argument about that, Devon. That so would be we'll, fun, though. We'll table that. Again, say that I'm, I'm, I'm bookmarking that. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to that one. Wait, we go, go after it. If Josh Harris did want to sign LeBron James, he might need to consider saving a little bit of money because he is, of money. does have some big expenditures lately in life. If he is looking to save money, we want to tell him about Rocket Money. How many subscriptions does he have? I mean, look, there's just going to be one file for the commanders, and it's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one. We all want to make sure that you get the most out of your money and that you're not wasting money on unnecessary subscriptions. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. You think they have, like, a category for, like, yearly salary, for, like, recurring salaries? Like, we'll see. We'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to make them make some adjustments for a salary cap app. Anyway... You can all see your subscriptions in one place, and if you see something you don't want, you can cancel it with a tap, and you never have to get on your phone with customer service. They'll even try to get a re you a refund for the last couple months of wasting money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. That's rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. Rocketmoney.com slash P-H-L-Y. Maybe, maybe an alert set up so like if you're close to the luxury tax, like, hey, now's the time of the year you have to get under the tax. <laughs> now maybe, you got to cancel your Netflix, Josh. <laughs> maybe they're already using Rocket Money, and that's how Daryl gets under the tax. Hey, Josh, that 15th subscription to the Wall Street Journal, cut down yeah. on that, man. Yeah, get out of that. No, what you, you shouldn't cut down on. Some gigantic Brooklyn-style bagels from our friends at Bagels & Co. Those are made right here in Philadelphia. I'm hungry. I eat, uh, So am I. I'm going to have to eat after the show. I might have to go to Bagels & Co. But I eat bagels several days a week. And Bagels & Co. offers an average of around 15 to 20 types of bagels that rotate seasonally. They had a Christmas one. It was just Valentine's Day yesterday. And by the way, I hope all our listeners with partners, spouses, girlfriends, boyfriends... Got some flowers, candy, all that to go. Or, and, or you know. get your partner but flowers maybe and candy. You could have just gotten a, a nice set of bagels for a, a delicious bagel for, for your partner. And if you're a cream cheese guy, I certainly am. They offer 30 different flavors of cream cheese that rotate all throughout the year. Bagels & Co. do themed cream cheeses for all the local sports teams, including the Sixers. I, I keep saying this. Really going to have to work on. There's got to be a Ricky Council the 4th flavored cream cheese or themed cream cheese. I don't know if it's like you put his face on Go it. Go get the bagel, Rick. Get his, 
get his favorite flavor. We're going to have to do some investigating on that. I suspect we'll be doing some Ricky Council investigating quite soon. But that's a that's what they call a tease in the business. Bagels & Co., as important as that variety is to their customers, affordability is up there as well. And they've kept their prices down so you can be an everyday customer, not just someone who comes in for a weekend splurge. They offer premium coffee, which we have here in the office quite often, at a superior price to most national brands and chains. So for the best Brooklyn-style bagels made right here in Philadelphia, head to www.thebagelsandco.com slash store dash locator to find the closest Bagels & Co. near you. Al says the bacon, egg, and cheese. What up, Al? He said the bacon, egg, and cheese? Oh, I, that's the only breakfast sandwich to yeah. me. Oh, I, there are my, lots my of guys. other different... Oh, no, we're about to argue about are this, Are you a too. Scrapple guy? Are no, you I don't a sausage like, I don't guy? Like eggs. But, well, but then you're just you're opting out of the conversation. Yeah, that's... But I would place no... it with sausage, though. I just don't like eggs. You guys didn't know so that. So what is it? Just a bacon and cheese sandwich? No, That's sausage not... and cheese. Sausage and cheese? Yeah. I, I don't so. see. I you got. There's got to be more texture in there. That That's is the, the texture. I mean, if you it's don't a like nice eggs, you sausage like patty like, or whatever fine. that you you know you. It's a, that's the nice texture. Let's set this Eggs aside nice. for when we argue this is about feeling, Kevin this is Durant. It's like one a September day. show, real quick. It's, it's not. the post, you know, first half of the season <laughs> show. Eggs are nasty. I'm sorry. I love bagels are there, and coke. Are there any kind I of just, eggs? Do you know how many things eggs are in? <laughs> but you don't taste it. It's not cooked like that. When you bake a cake and you put eggs and, and then you mix it all, I don't taste the eggs. Look, you just put pepper and hot sauce. It's great. Yes. No. <laughs> no, it's awful. I used to like it, and then I grew up. <laughs> what? What do you mean? It what? sounds like the opposite. No. Wait, is, uh, is there any kind of egg? Like, is it just scrambled? Is I just, it I don't, I don't. I used to like scrambled eggs. I've never like heard an adult say I matured and I stopped liking <laughs> eggs. Like, what? Because I matured <laughs> and realized the error of my ways. They were what nasty. The Mom on? is a great cook. She made the eggs taste, they were fantastic until I was like, Mom, no more. Uh, these are terrible. <laughs> oh, no. Don't let Austin Krell's food take no. seep into the chat. Here. Chicken wings are fantastic. Nope. We're yes. not going. So we right. got, we've really lost that's the plot okay. today. We come RC into, is with me, by the way. Um, but we can get we can Al get. is not. Thank you to the two minute warning who says, What? You don't like eggs? Thank you. That's exactly. All right. I'm not even a big, I don't eat eggs all the time, but if you're talking about a, a bagel sandwich? Yeah. You gotta have. You can't. You don't cheese and the meat. Like what? Yeah. What's what? wrong with that? What is wrong with that? I don't understand. Uh, that'd be like getting a hoagie and you don't have lettuce or tomato. Or there are many people like, who don't like lettuce and tomato. I don't. Then they're children too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. We can have a food podcast <laughs> later in, a, in the off season, Derek. As you talk about, because there's a lot of things I just don't like. I, I, but that's fine. Hey. I like a lot of basketball players in the NBA, and I, we wonder if any of them would join the Sixers. <laughs> Just not the GOAT. <laughs> don't spend $60 million on some eggs. When LeBron hears that you don't like eggs, he's yeah. going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with that backward-ass city on the East Coast? I don't and know, say, No, man. thank you. I don't know. I, I don't understand some of his taste. I, I don't know. But, you know, it is what it is. That and being Keith said. Keith in the chat is right. He says it's no longer a breakfast sandwich without eggs. 100%. Correct. You're just having a sandwich then. You're having a sausage sandwich. But people sandwich. get bacon and cheese on their sandwiches without the egg all the time. Yeah, I get bacon on my hamburger too. That doesn't make it a breakfast sandwich. No, it's not a breakfast sandwich because you have a burger now. 
<laughs> not this. There are breakfast patties I that are sausages. That's my point. What goes along with the bacon is important. <laughs> I didn't realize what type of can of worms we opened over <laughs> the here. The cheese and you the bagel. You can put cheese on both. And you can put ketchup on a breakfast sandwich. Does that mean it's a condiment that can't be? Come on. <laughs> Well, first of all, I wouldn't put ketchup on anything. Ketchup is disgusting. See? Okay, so that's okay. This is one take of Kyle's that I agree with. This might be Damn. Kyle's best take. That's my Kyle's best take. You put ketchup on the sandwich. You put hot sauce instead. Correct. Yes. I do hot, hot sauce. sauce you, you can nothing. mix both. Nah. Come on, man. Ketchup is just the inferior red sauce to hot sauce. Yes. Doesn't have yes. any place. Well, listen, I and love the hot only sauce. Time I want, just, the only time I want ketchup is dipping fries. That's it. That's it. I won't even and do that. And you dip the fries. You yeah. won't even put them on the no, fries. No, I dip them. Yeah, okay, you don't even like ketchup on fries. Nope. All right. Actually, my first best friend I ever made was in kindergarten, and both of us, he was the best man in my wedding, and vice versa. It's because both of us hated ketchup. So. <laughs> okay. Well, that's why <laughs> the you things guys you are bond best over. Yeah. Listen, man. Anyway, it works out that way. All right. We did have a super <laughs> chat before we got started talking about <laughs> breakfast sandwiches, right. so we should probably go back. <laughs> we need to ask Bree what her choices are because Bill she, paid us enough money to on. have a breakfast sandwich. We should discuss his question now. Okay, Bill says, hey, guys, off-topic question. 76ers' next 21-game stretch to the end of March is a brutal one. How many of the 21 games do you think the Sixers could win? Well, first of all, this is a great opportunity for me to say. Whoever made the NBA schedule and looked at the All-Star break and then said not only – it's one thing for the Sixers to have hard games coming out of the break, right? Like you got to play teams at some point during the season – Playing a few tough teams in a row at the All-Star break is fine. What would possess you to say, you know, the value of the All-Star break is a week off, and then you should play three games in 80 hours out of the break. You have a back-to-back, and then not even a third game in four nights, a third game in four days because they play at fucking 1 p.m. on Sunday after the back-to-back on Thursday and Friday out of the break. <laughs> Did you have a concussion making the schedule? Like, what happened there? I, that, I don't understand that at all. We that may is... disagree on food taste. <laughs> we agree here, Kyle. What the heck was that? I... What were they doing? I don't understand what they were doing. Like, even look, last, last year after the All-Star break, we saw what the schedule was going to look like in March, where I think they had on the road 17 games in total, Five games at home, 12 on the, on the road. And we were like, damn, they, they're going to be in some, some trouble here. They made it through. They actually played well. But for this schedule here, exactly what you're talking about, this was nuts what they were thinking about yeah. putting this one together. Yep. Anyway, to this schedule that he was actually talking about, not the uh, jumble of games three and four nights right after the break. It is a a really really tough stretch, and honestly, it seemed like he was ending it at the uh, March third, the end of March uh, against the Raptors. There's the Thunder and the Heat are the next two games immediately after that. <laughs> They're not exact. I mean, if, if Miami gets Butler, I'm if everyone's healthy. Well, that Miami I mean, game is likely going to be huge, huge. So I'm going to extend it to 23 games. You've got the Knicks, Cavs, Bucks, and Celtics to kick it off. You've got another stretch with the Knicks twice in a row, then the Bucks. And then you've got the Heat, Suns, Lakers, Clippers, Kings, Clippers, Cavs stretch, which is just brutal. There's 23 games. They might be lucky to win five of them. Maybe five, maybe seven. It's going to be a rough stretch. This is a real tough. And look, we talked about getting the 14. They picked up two of them. After this 23-game stretch, they end up with five pretty easy games to finish the season. At Grizzlies, at Spurs, Pistons, Magic Nets. That's about as easy of a five-game stretch as you're going to get. So maybe they pick up four wins there. Maybe they, they you know, they added in two wins they had coming into the All-Star break. That's six. 
they need to find a way to get eight wins. I'm saying five to seven is probably something I'm comfortable projecting. Eight wins during that stretch. So, yeah. So they just need to find like between one and three more where they surprise us. But it might legitimately be tough to get eight wins during this 23-game stretch. That is a very tough schedule. Very tough. He's 100% right. Yeah, it's nasty. It's just, here's what I would say. They might be able to steal that Knicks game coming right out of the break because the Knicks, as they've got added these new additions, OG is hurt. He's out for, I think he's still out for, what, another couple weeks, I think, yeah. with what he's yep. dealing yep. with. Mm -hmm. They still don't have Mitchell Robinson. Brunson's obviously playing great, but they've got some things to figure out right now. So the Knicks is the one that probably feel maybe not best about, but it's like it's I, I, I could see them winning that. And they've right. beaten Cleveland recently. I yeah. wouldn't say I think Cleveland's um, going to come in with some bad uh, if intentions. You be, yeah, no, I wouldn't. I, if I, I was that, a better, I wouldn't pick that. Yeah, I, that wouldn't be the one that I'm expecting. Although we do have an event that night, so I oh, would love for them to. No, Sixers, Sixers by 15, come join us in the party. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did not know what I was saying. There. That's next Friday, folks. The 23rd. Yep. Hope you there. Wells Fargo Center taker take over our second one of the season. All of us will be there. Uh, we'll have a good time. Yeah. So even if the Sixers stink, we'll we'll have a good time. We'll Again, have some we've got a, we've we'll... got a bar in that section. Like, we'll, uh, exactly. just because I have a show a couple hours later does not mean I will not have a beverage with you. It'll <laughs> just be a more interesting show. Just drink the pain away. Yeah. So I'll be then, driving anyway. Come back to the studio. So you good? It's just a brutal, brutal stretch. You have to win. Here are the ones you have to get. You have to get two Charlotte games. Right. You have to win those. You're gonna have to pick off at least one of the West Coast trip games. So between Phoenix, the Lakers, Clippers, Kings, that's going to be tough. You have to beat Toronto end of the month. And the two Miami games, those they won't be easy. You cannot lose both. You have yeah. to at least split the pair against the Heat. So And that Orlando one to a second last game of the season, they're the other team that's right there tied with Miami in that seventh and eighth spot. That's going to be a big one too. Yeah. And that one at the Wells Fargo Center, in theory, if you're going to get him beat back, the you know mid-April is about as good of a chance as you're going to get. Uh, they could really use and pick that one up. And you know maybe he it does come back in that six-week timeline uh, that would put him into what late March, early April. Yeah, you have a chance toward the end of the season of him helping you pick off a couple of these wins. But yeah, getting getting eight wins in that stretch will be tough. Yeah, but so we have talked a lot about health and coming out of the all-star break with who will come back. It will, this is not to pick on Kelly Oubre, but when you can, on a night like last night, say, hey, Kelly, you're just going to sit on the bench because we're going to play Buddy and DeAnthony and Batum and Tobias, that's a lot better for them than just like, hey, Kelly is right now two for 11 and we have to sit through two for 12, two for 13 to get to, you know, three for 14 or whatever. Like yeah. the, there are nights where he'll only play 15, 20 minutes and you sit him down and say he doesn't have it tonight. And that's not just true for him. That's true of most of these guys in the, let's say five through 10 ish range. They'll have the depth that they'll be able to actually identify and roll with the hot hand. Whereas now it's just, Who's available? Because you're playing, and it doesn't matter how bad you are. And, of course, when they put this schedule together, as we talk about it, and we get all up in arms about it right now, of course they do this when they think Joel Embiid and everybody's going to be on the floor and able to go and play against these other playoff Eastern Conference opponents and even the top teams in the West. 
So, of course, that's what they're thinking, but things happening. But now that we are in this part of the season, they've struggled. Joel Embiid is now out. You're having the issues with Melton and Batum, Harris, Covington. Who knows about that? They're going to need to find some ways to get some Ws. So trying to gauge where this team is at the moment when Embiid is on the floor going through this brutal stretch and seeing how good they are and lifting everybody's spirits going into the postseason saying, oh, they can actually win and compete for a championship again. Now it's different because of the fact that he's not here. And we've seen it in the past where, what, uh, the 17 games in a row that they won at the end of the season back in 18, 19, and Ben Simmons was phenomenal. J.J. Redick, the rest of the group, getting Marco Bellinelli and Irsan Ilyasova as part of that team and everybody playing their part. This, br- this stretch is brutal where we don't know that that's even possible. We're... We're looking at it. Can you string together three straight games in a row versus 16? I would say the one thing you would take from that streak in 18 that is always worth considering. Like we look at this schedule and say, wow, these teams are very good. They're Mm -hmm. all either playoff play in teams for the most part. March tends to be where basketball goes to die. Like you can't just sit and look at a schedule and say, that's a good team. Yep. They'll probably lose. There are lots of issues with one motivation. There are guys, especially the veteran heavy teams who get to March and are like, Hey, just, just get me through to the playoffs. And they're especially a team like the Sixers that once you take Joel Embiid off it and they're not a marquee team, they're not a marquee matchup. There are going to be guys taking their foot off the gas. So you're probably going to be able to, to steal some games here or there that way. There's also the health component, right? Like the Sixers will deal with it with Joel, but other teams like, sure. so like look at the Clippers, for example, they have both their Clippers games. The Clippers will be conservative with any sort of Kawhi issue, any sort of Paul George issue, any sort of James Harden issue. Cause with Kawhi, especially that's a guy that he essentially is the difference between them being a, a title contender or, and he has played a big or irrelevant. And he's been, he's been yep. amazing. Like that team yep. has been very, very good. Did you, in the latest straw poll, did you have him in your top five? I considered it, but I, I, had him I don't six. think I did. Yeah, I think yeah. he was right on the fringe for me. I actually don't remember who I put fifth in that. I remember my top four, but. But even during that stretch, as you talk about last, last season, when I mentioned 17 games they had, 12 games in a row, five at home, and they were – they had a fantastic record for, for the month of March. We looked at it when the schedule came out and they overcame some really good teams there and, and found a way to get those W's. So you're right. You're absolutely right. And if Maxi wants to have this time during the all-star break and as much as we talk about Ricky council and the scouting that the other team is going to do to try to slow down the positive things that we've seen, the Sixers are now going to also have that opportunity with their coaching staff of how do we now fix some of the problems that we had once and be left yeah. and they throw in these different defenses at Tyrese Maxey having Buddy Hill maybe getting Tobias Harris and some of these other reinforcements back to help out what they need to do so we're talking about this and Derek maybe it is something that they can actually reach because of we're also not discounting how good the coaching staff may be in and putting them in the right position offensively defensively to get those W's yeah and look it's just like they are three losses up on Miami and Orlando right now. That's a, a good cushion with, sure. you know, what, what do they have? 23 and five, 28 games left. Uh, that is, that's why we're saying you only really need to get, <clears throat> you know, maybe 12 or so wins here over this last stretch. Uh, that's a 
decent spot to be in. Like when you start looking at it, you know, Chicago is nine. There's seven losses up on Chicago. If you really want to get dark and, and talk about like, um, you know, Brooklyn, they're 12 losses up against, like they've, they've got some cushion where the, put it this way. I am no disrespect to the family member family, of the yeah, podcast. Not worried here. at all. Family member related. I know to, what the team is. I, okay. Yeah, I, I am not afraid okay. of Brooklyn passing the six. So that's why when season. people are like, "Why would you all come and be come back to this?" Because they're going to be in the playoffs, mm-hmm. right? And they have a chance of avoiding the play-in completely if they play at least not even good ball, just competent ball. You look at the schedule; it's going to be tough over the next uh, month or so. But like Kyle pointed out, some teams aren't going to care at that point in the season. Some teams are going to prioritize health or rest or getting ready for the playoffs. Not every game is you're going to get the other, you know, the opponent's best and you're just going to win some random shit too. So like getting the eight wins over the next 23 games, it's not that tall of a task. It's tall because you have a tough competition, but it's not tall because shit just tends to happen over that extended stretch. If you can go eight and 15, 10 and 13, something like that, you're in a pretty good spot. All right. And if you also want to be a part as you have been for, since September, a part of the PHLY Sixers podcast. We have some new merchandise as well, some new hoodies, as uh, we have our great PHLY Sixers hoodie, the uh, Eagles podcast, the PHLY Eagles podcast. It's a Philly thing hoodie, and also the Mishkov Black Flyers. It is a dope hoodie, and you should go get it. You can get that at phlylocker.com. Also, the hats. You can uh, get the dad hat, the trucker hat, the golf hat, and the flat broom hat. And uh, make sure you go do that at phlylocker.com. You can also get the uh, very first hoodies that we have. Kyle's, you know, sporting his Derek right now. actually was wearing this exact same yeah. hoodie when he came in today. And luckily, he brought a backup hoodie. He brought it back up so that we didn't have to be the matching boys on the uh, the podcast today. So that's... Uh, I was just nice. calling it right now. You might know what my outfit is going to be tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I would also say, while Devon brings that up, that the diehard program that we have is something I highly, highly, highly recommend. We have been upping the amount of content that's going on there, up there for you guys. I and just look- did a story on Kyle Lowry this week. Derek did a, a big trade deadline primer. We did. We also a hang out in the Discord, like yes. Kyle and I. Behind the scenes information into the Discord. We might even be able to convince this guy so to come it. and join Get us. But Kyle and I have legitimately like we've broken news on the Discord before it went out on Twitter and everywhere else. Like I think the Discord is a good place to come hang out with people who enjoy talking about basketball and you get access to some of your reporters and hosts that you might not get elsewhere. So I think the Discord is a big portion of it, too. It's not just the written content, it's not just the discount on merch. Join the family, everybody. And it's not just the free well. t shirt either. Yeah. Join the family, everybody. Yeah. Come on in. We, we're building a pretty fun community here where we get to yell at each other. We, we get About to see not liking eggs or ketchup and, ketchup or, and all yeah. kinds of stuff. I'm not going to go there because we're promoting something really cool right now. But when you are in family, <laughs> you can argue about stuff like that. And I can, we can yell at each other about Kevin Durant going to the Warriors and ketchup and all kinds of stuff. And we can see Money Mar and RJ the Bull in there arguing in the, in the chat because it's just fun stuff in the community that we have here. So go ahead, sign up to the Die Hard program. You want to talk up that Discord community there, Devon? That you never use, you (laughs) SOB. Anyway. I got nothing. We're going to bully him right into being on Discord. I got nothing. And you're going to have that stock photo, a stock avatar for the entire time. You're (laughs) never going to change it. We also, too, I think we'll probably in the future do some Discord-only mailbag or chats and and engage in that way. See? Then I'll be a part of that. Yeah. You guys get to see me on there. All right. 
Because we're talking about all these names of, of players, whether it's Kevin Durant, LeBron James, all these different names. There was an interesting article that you saw first uh, on The Ringer from, from uh, Howard, Howard Beck. Beck, a great what up, Beck? longtime NBA writer. He's been fantastic for many, many years. And he had something about, hey, it's the All-Star break and kind of boring and some rumors and all of that. So he got some info from some executives around the league kind of looking ahead to the offseason. And one of the things that we talk about in the chat a lot, and I'm sure in the Discord, is what who can the Sixers add? All the time. It's, I mean, it's a question that we talk All about the time. basically every day. Yeah. So with it, you know, Howard Beck brought up some stuff about the offseason, some different names, including LeBron James, uh, who might be available that maybe you're not even thinking about being available during the summer. And, of course, bringing up the Sixers with the big-time cap space that they'll have available to them, close to, what, $60 million yeah. that they could have. And there were some names in there, Kyle. That there are quite a few. There were some names in there. So you you want to start it off with some of the names? I mean, that, I could go down and just like written order. So yeah. Trey Young was thrown out there. Trey Young was not only thrown out there as a potential guy who gets traded, but a guy who actually might go the other way with the Lakers and go to play with LeBron mm. in LA. So that was an interesting one. This one is one of the worst kept secrets in the league. But Donovan Mitchell, like Cleveland has exceeded expectations this year based on who's been available, who's been healthy. Yes. But they got punched in the mouth by the Knicks in round one last year. And it's already basically, I won't say it's known, but everyone in the league feels Mitchell is out of there as soon as his contract is up. And I think that'll be sooner than later if they were to lose early this year. Like if, if Cleveland loses in the first round, you're going to hold on to him through – the end of his contract to have no real chance to win a title? Probably not. My so, question with him is where? It was always the Knicks. That's what we well, always heard. But there been, there's been a lot of smoke connecting him to your cousin in Brooklyn. And I've always kind of looked at that as that's a good way to kind of just get stuck in exactly where Cleveland is, which is to say that's a team in need of more. They like I like Mitchell. I love McHale. I still think that that's a team that would – struggle to make real noise in, in the east but it's either here nor there because this we'll see that's right. a year off so that's There's, donovan mitchell so that's donovan mitchell howard beck says you know looking at boston and this has been one you've continued to hear drew holiday's name come up as a free agent target for other teams in the offseason for this reason boston is going to have a gigantic payroll yep. after this year and some of that is because of Jalen Brown, Supermax, could Jalen Brown potentially get moved? And if he does, you know, like who's actually interested in him at that type of price that he's got? But if they don't move him, is Drew Holiday gettable? Is he a free agent that you could go after? And that's somebody that makes sense in Philly still, maybe not at a high price, but certainly someone who fits. And then you just keep going on and on down the line. There's Kevin Durant. If the, the Suns thing doesn't work out, if Bradley Beal, who, by the way, Got pulled from another game with a hamstring issue the other night. If he's never healthy, maybe he says, fuck this, I'm out. Maybe the Pelicans say, hey, we got to split up Zion and Brandon Ingram, who I know, Devon, you I were like saying you're, a, yep. you're an Ingram guy in some way. There's the Paul George thing, which that's that's probably a conversation all on its own from a Sixers perspective because I think if you're looking at just free agents, potential free agents, mm -hmm. circle him. And then there's the wolves. And then there's, it's just, 
nobody really knows what's going to happen in June and July this year in the NBA. But the, the gist of Howard's article, and, and we've brought this up many times, is that there's an expectation that with the new CBA rules that punish teams for being second apron teams, there is going to be a ton of movement yep. and a lot of scrambling. And that's part of the Sixers calculus to hold that cap space to maintain flexibility so that if and when that happens, they're ready to pounce. And it's it's like you look at a team like Boston, who's in as has as good of a roster right now as anyone in the league, the best roster in a league, one through six. They've got six guys you would love to have on the Sixers right now. And eventually they're not going to be able to, like, Derek White's not going to be making $17 million a year forever. When you have a top two of Tatum and Brown going into this new CBA with a second apron, it's going to be real tough to keep that team together. And I was talking to an executive the other day, and he basically just said, like, I think what Daryl's doing is real smart. Where Daryl would rather be ready to pounce if something, a great opportunity becomes available, rather than commit himself to marginal upgrades. And I think that's largely what Daryl did. And it frustrates fans for two reasons. One, that you're not going to have more reinforcements for this stretch run, but two, because you just don't know. And Kyle just went over a list of people who could become available. Very few of them we know will become available. And that's frustrating and scary and terrifying. And when you're talking about Joel Embiid and how long, you don't know how long the window is going to be open. And this is a year, at least before the injury, where you thought you had a great chance. That's not what anyone wants to hear, but I agree with Kyle's overall sentiment. I think there's going to be a lot of activity here over the next nine to 12 months. It's just unpredictable activity and you have to sort of wrap your mind around that and become become comfortable with that uh unpredictability and, and some of the point that howard was making which i think is important to note is that in season especially with the play-in tournament like the teams that have stars that are hovering around there that play for franchises owners that are like hey just just get us in and get us that eight seed playoff revenue that seven seed playoff revenue and that's fine like I'll, I'll just we'll sell tickets and we'll make money and i don't really care about really gunning for a title and spending what it takes for a title but then you get to the off season and everyone kind of sobers up and says wow we're really gonna pay you know just name a player we're gonna pay trey young all this money and go i don't know 39 and 43 <laughs> or whatever it is like right. that's when people start to sit down and say well, maybe we should change something. In the middle of the season, it's hard. You don't want to uproot things, especially this season where the draft is generally considered weak, that it's a, a role player draft and not a star player draft. And so teams are not in not super interested in selling off ready-made talent for, frankly, talent that's not going to help them this year and potentially in the future. So that's uh, that's a big one. And it's a that's a reason that I think you, things have been slowed down a little bit but could pick up quite a bit on draft night in june and certainly yeah. into july yeah it's gonna be a fun time uh just but those names are interesting already and we're not even we're not even there yet but those those names are are are, are really good. oh man i i missed the news on pj tucker i was about to, i was waiting <laughs> yeah so pj tucker and bones highland were both sent home by the clippers before the last game which i believe was last night for the clippers uh, but expected to rejoin the team after the All-Star break. Bones Highland and P.J. Tucker. P.J. Tucker now I love the finds. way that's phrased, by the way. Like, he's being a pain in the ass. Go get away, a little extra break. But we're excited to add him back into the fold in a week and a half. And he got si fined $75,000 for 
public trade demand on February 5th. I'm sorry, man. Like, at a certain point, we got a somebody made this point the other day. I don't know if you saw the clip. It was uh, it Justin Jackson played on the Bucks the year that Kevin Durant's foot was on the line and was Kyrie that, and Harden were he's hurt. with Theo Pinson, right? Yeah. 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 So Justin Jackson was on a podcast and essentially said, Oh, if the Nets were healthy, they would have won. And a lot of people pointed out, like, Bro, who the fuck are you to say, like, oh, they would have won? Like, you were completely irrelevant on that team. I kind of feel the same way about like guys at certain levels now are like requesting trades or yeah. the, the worst one recently. I don't want to pick on PJ, so I'll go a different way. Killian Hayes and his, his team wanting yeah. a different opportunity and wanting to get traded. We agree on this one. It's one of the most insane things I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. And so the Pistons are like, hey, fuck you, you're cut. <laughs> and nobody's picked them up. Well, it's like, dude, Monty Williams gave you a bigger opportunity than a team in China would. Like, what are you talking about? The one Rich always like, likes to bring up is Glenn Robinson not knowing your role. Oh, like, yeah. what are you talking about? Know who you are. And there's a little bit like, what was PJ averaging before he got benched? Like two points a game? Something like that. It's really, really low. Ha have a little bit of shame. But he man. went from playing, what, close to 30 minutes here to getting nothing. I get it. Yeah, he wants to play. He's fucking old. He's a competitive guy and wants to play. I respect that part of it. But you got to know, man. Like, he didn't ask to be traded. You have there. access to the he same tape I do, buddy. He like, I see you out there. You can't hide. I see you pump faking out of threes and then dribbling into nothing and taking you a layup watch or the you game didn't jump. Enough. You need to go watch that film again. I don't know what you were watching. Hold on. Speaking of, that's a, actually, this is a another segue today. I feel like we're all over the place. I think this week has officially killed the sentiment of, well, you didn't play the game at a high enough level to analyze <laughs> it. Because if you watch that video of mm -hmm. Juice Check in the Super Bowl, not knowing the fucking rules of overtime, he's literally the best player at his position on one of the two best teams in yeah. football yep. on the biggest stage of the sport. And they go into overtime, and those guys have no fucking well, clue what the rules are. Did you Dude, see how many of them? There were a number of, of them, them that did not know. Two things. I think Michael Jordan's tenure as the decision maker shows that playing the game thing might not be all it's cracked up to be in terms of player evaluation. But also remember Donovan McNabb not knowing that a game could end in a tie. He did. Baltimore. Yep. And I'm not saying like absolutely people who are in the trenches, the players, the coaches, they have access to insight that yep. I don't and you don't in the chat, listening, wherever but they do not have a monopoly on knowledge of sports. And that was the clearest cut example I've ever seen the in my life. The great part about it was a lot of the Kansas, I think it was Chris Jones, the, the great defensive end for the, uh, the defensive lineman for the uh, Chiefs. He said that they practiced and prepared for that. Andy yes. Reid had them ready for it. Good job, Andy. Where the 49ers had no clue. So with that, that just tells you the difference in coaching. So all this stuff about Kyle Shanahan being a genius and all that. Now people are pointing out the, the Falcons, what, 28 to 3, where they had that lead in the Super Bowl. The fact that they got blown out by the Eagles and they were still talking about that. The Super Bowl, twice how they lost it the way that they did. The, he didn't have them prepared. He was supposed to have them ready for that, where Andy Reid and his coaching staff did. Total difference in, in how, how things were with the two franchises and the coaching staff.
But he's, Donovan still didn't know all the way back then in the 2000s that's that wild. he didn't touch. That's so Andy, Andy had something to go off of to make sure <laughs> yeah. he had his players right. Not making that mistake Not again. making that yep. mistake again. Nah, but that's a great. I forgot about that. That was bad. Dude, once I saw that video, and the contrast is so great. NFL Films, shout out to them. They got the sideline video of like Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, like, Oh yeah, they wanted the ball. Like yeah. they, they like realized like, yep. oh, this is good for us. Because they were coached. Meanwhile, Drew Jack is on film and he's like, oh, I didn't realize if we score, they still get the ball. <laughs> I didn't know the rule. But look, I forgot about it too. Because remember when they were letting the clock run? Um, when they were right there before they scored the game with a touchdown. I'm like, are they going to call a timeout? Yeah. And I was like, oh, because I couldn't hear it where I was watching the game. I couldn't, and I was like, oh, I forgot about the new rule. But that wasn't well, my job. Because that was their job. Yeah, and that's it's an, a Super Bowl only rule. But we're not playing in the game. We're not calling the game. It's we're not announcing job. the game. You had two but at least weeks I remember to prepare. Yeah, two man, weeks. That's bad. Anyway, that bad. we're sorry. We're just that's all. Right. This is tangent episode. I mean, look, today. we've got six shows in a row without any games. So like, there <laughs> might be some wild stuff going on. I just that's all right. different. It might have a little bit of a September feel, which for Devon will be great because that'll be new for him. Because it would be the, new because uh, I wasn't here. Took the fall off. And guess what? So what? <laughs> also if you get access or if you join our, our discord you get access to the graphic i make about our shows that we missed yes derek has missed 61 i've missed three what <laughs> that feels like some misinformation <laughs> seeping into Working the, in the Trump white house right there. <laughs> oh. we have uh i'm trying to think was there anything else from that the how we're back the free agency we do have another super, super chat, chat also from nico nico Let's get to that. Kind of an odd topic. I never understood Markinen as this perfect fit next to Joe. Hmm. Been watching more Utah lately. He would get roasted as our four. Well, roasted in what way? Defensively? Defensively, actually. Yeah, I think yeah. that's... The... Okay, well, it's more about the offensive stuff that he's going to do, Nico, because of his shooting ability, number one, from the perimeter. The fact that... He's a big guy who can play multiple positions in that front court, the three, four, and sometimes you can have him as a five. But for what Joel Embiid does in the spacing that we often talk about now, seeing what Buddy Heald in the past with Seth Curry, J.J. Redick, anybody they've had here, Ilya Sova, Bellinelli, we brought them up earlier. Lowry Markinen as an offensive player is the match that we're talking about here, Nico. The other stuff would figure itself out, and they would have is it's um, their problems there defensively, but more so offensively, they would absolutely be a, a a problem for the defenses with the shooting ability and the way that he is able to take some of that pressure off of Maxi and beat space the floor, put the ball on the floor and get to the rim and finish the way that he does. His offensive game complements what they do so, so well that, yeah, he might get roasted sometimes on the defensive end, but you know what? He's going to roast them on the other end too. It's, I mean, <clears throat> we're seeing some of this with, Buddy healed, right? Like it's a different version of the same thing. And Buddy, unlike Lowry, can't be a weak side rim protector. Cannot mm -hmm. be a guy who in the playoffs could be like a small ball five for stretches of time. Like the the value of marketing is not, hey, you just stick him at the four next to Joel and that's all he does. It's how he changes the rest of the, like every lineup that he's in. Having his size and not sacrificing shooting and skill yes. to have him on the floor is really important. And if you were to put multiple high volume, 40 plus percent shooters on the floor next to Joel Embiid, 
to me, that is the ideal way to try to build a basketball team. Now, to your point, there will be sacrifices made. Like there are very few guys in the league, like prime Clay Thompson was an example, who are high volume, high efficiency shooters that are also valuable defenders that are also guard the yard type defenders. So yes, there would be some compromising, but your bet on Joel is that Joel is such a big presence at the rim as a rim protector mm -hmm. that when guys like Markinen, guys like Buddy, guys like Tyrese, when they get beat, he gives you a chance. And if he can't stop a guy, he might create an extra pass. And if Markinen recovers, he might be able to clean it up on the back end with his size and, you know, dissuade somebody at the rim. So I understand those concerns. Nobody is perfect, right? Like when you're in the modern NBA and you're building a team around a seven foot tall center who operates from the elbow, there's complications on offense. And then you have to consider the other side of the floor. But Markinen is, if he, he's not in the top tier, right? The ungettable guys are the top tier, the, the, yeah. the big athletic wings who can create, who can play off ball, all that. But Markinen in the tier below that, probably as close to the top as you Look, can be. Look, if you can get Ann Edwards, I'll take Ann Edwards. You're just not getting Ann Edwards. Yeah. I think what you brought up was what I was going to go to. When you can get size without compromising skill and shooting, you get that size. Because size intrinsically helps you in various ways, whether it's rebounding, and as Kyle mentioned on the show the other night, rebounding is part of defense. Whether that's just contesting shots, even if you're not able to get your feet out there, you still have the length to at least make it difficult. He is not a perfect defender by any stretch, but he is a good rebounder, who can help out defensively because he can contest shots, who can spread the floor in an elite way next to Embiid and Maxi, and who can be a second option next to either Embiid or Maxi, depending on who's on the court. There's just so many reasons he's a really, really good fit and probably the best that you have a chance of realistically getting. Not a perfect fit. That's fair. But at this point, sign me up in a second. Yeah. And the age lines up with both Embiid's timeline and Maxi's timeline, which is really tough to do. Put it this way. If they could get friend of the show, Mikhail Bridges, then that is that checks all the boxes. Sure, but right? somebody failed at his assignment. So, you know. Sean Marks didn't listen. <laughs> Tamper harder, Devon. <laughs> Tamper harder. <laughs> all right, that should do it for us here on this Thursday edition. Post first half of the season, we're going into the All-Star break. Our first show, we have a couple in a row at our normal spot at 2.30 here on the PHLY Sixers podcast. We hope to be with you hope you're with us friday and of course going into next week before the game start off against the knicks next thursday we got a lot of people to thank here on this thursday yeah and I, al i know and i'll see you in there hating on mikhail bridges that's i don't think that's allowed <laughs> in this chat room buddy but we do appreciate our guy the two minute warning for coming through he also said he will be there at that takeover on the 23rd so what shout up, out to al we will see you then also got to shout out all our other Friends and fam today, we got Neil, we got Nico, we got Randy, Liam, we got Broad, we got Mr. Sandman. Let's see, we got well, Devon Gibbons. Yo. I recognize that name. That sounds familiar. Brian Knight, we got Jake Firestone. Let's see, Remo K. What up, Remo? Spencer Cotman, who's Spencer. I did see you point out at one point, Furkan never got fined for his trade request. That's because he didn't do it publicly. That's <laughs> that's the thing that actually gets you in trouble in the NBA is publicly making a trade request. 
Jonathan. I believe Money Mar was in here at one point. I'm just going to assume he is because our guy Mar is in here what all up, the time. Mar? Chuck AF. We got Bootzilla. We got... Chuck says we need that. a Tamper I'm, Harder I'm going P-H-L-Y blind. shirt. You need a what shirt? Tamper Harder. That, <laughs> listen, and get like a silhouette of Mikhail. I'm, I'm into that idea. I'll have my people talk to your people. Uh, John... We got Devon again. Man, you were super active today, Devon. Good for you. We got Mary. Mary Overfield, big supporter of us. Thank you, Mary, for coming through. We got Nike. Knight with a T. I can't speak today. Ash Monroe. What a guy, Will. I'm sure Gavin was here. Sean Comp. That's probably R.C. Burroughs. That's probably it for today. What up, R.C.? Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not already, hit that subscribe button. Hit the bell icon so you get notifications each and every time that we go live. And if you give us a thumbs up, maybe Devon will start liking eggs and we won't have to argue about breakfast sandwiches on the podcast. I don't, I don't know if that's definitely true, but... And look, I'm not saying ketchup is bad. There's it is, just though. almost always a better option. That's all. Don't put ketchup anywhere it's not near like I'm me. Throwing it out Don't you put that evil on. on me, Ricky Bobby. We it's will see you. Ridiculous take, everybody. So do you? So you wouldn't even? Would he, do you put anything on your cheesesteak? Onions and hot peppers is on my cheesesteak. You, you're supposed to put ketchup on your cheesesteak. No, yes, you wrong. are. If you're a loser with bad taste buds, we will see you tomorrow. <laughs> That's not true. At two thirty. No eggs. Goodbye. And tell your friends to watch the show because these guys don't like ketchup, and that's ridiculous. I don't like eggs, and that's right. Everybody have a great, great day. <laughs> 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 like the mayor.